from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast, powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally here in the San Antonio area, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center, but you can also find them on social media, on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on what they're about and the many awesome things that they're doing on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest, proud to have him here. I know we've been talking for a little bit now. Very excited to have him on one of the premier programs in in Region 4 in the greater San Antonio area. He is the head men's soccer coach of the San Antonio Reagan Rattlers, Coach Gilbert Villarreal. Coach, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Coach Cano? <clears throat> I'm doing great. Excited to have you here. Uh, I know we uh, apologize some minor technical difficulties, but we we push right through it. And appreciate appreciate having you here, Coach. Excited to have you. And <coughs> let's let's uh, let's dive right in. Tell us, uh, I guess, for the people that may not necessarily uh, be as familiar with you, which I wouldn't imagine would be very many around the state, uh, given your background, but. Just briefly tell us where you've been, how long you've been at Reagan. I know you've been there for a good bit, second stint, I believe. Uh, but tell us, uh, tell us where you've been, how you got to Reagan, and how you got to Reagan. Sure. Well, um, you know, first of all, I just want to say I appreciate you um, having me on. You know, it's uh, it's been great listening to some friends and colleagues that have been on, and and you know everything you do for for high school soccer. You know, it's um, you know it's kind of my story. I'm just a local San Antonio kid who played at MacArthur and. Um, you know, ended up playing at Austin College up in Sherman, Texas, and you know, just pretty thankful and grateful for everything that this sport has has given me and my family. You know, it's basically been my whole life, and so, um, you know, we um, we need more of this. We need, you know, coverage. We need, um, you know, exposure for our players, and and you know, the work that you've been doing and your team have, have been great. So, you know, I want to make sure I thank you for that. So, um. You know, got out of school and, of course, and, and um, you know, the credit goes to my mom. She, you know, after about three years in the corporate world, my mom convinced me to go teach. And so I said, well, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to I'm going to try and coach. And so, uh, you know, I was at Southside High School and um, was able to be the head coach there, started that program just kind of in the right place, the right time. Um, so I was there and then I went back to my alma mater. Um, you know, at MacArthur and was the assistant there uh, when I got the head job um, then, at, you know, Reagan back in 2007, 2008. And so um, 
just really lucky and blessed. A lot of people went to bat for me and, and was able to land that job with relatively little experience. And, um, you know, was there for five years. I was coaching football at the same time, which a lot of our coaches do. And, um, you know, trying to first and foremost maintain a marriage and, and be a good dad. And I had two young boys at the time and, um, you know, five years of, of coaching football and coaching soccer at Reagan was, was, I had enough. And so, um, you know, was able to go to Steele High School for three years and, and really just cherish my time there, the great community out in Cibolo. And, um, you know, had three years there and then got, got asked to come back to Reagan um, just to do soccer and not have a, not have a second sport. And so, uh, you know, that was, a, you know, just an opportunity that I couldn't really refuse. I, I felt bad for leaving Steele. I thought I was going to be there a really long time. And, um, you know, to get back to Northeast where, you know, I was a K through 12 student myself and um, grew up my whole life in that area and, and live in that area. And, and so, um, you know, to be able to go back to Reagan, obviously a great program, great school, great community, great talent. Um, I went back and it's kind of scary. It's my eighth year back. It's the longest I've ever been anywhere. And um, so we'll see how much longer I can, I can stay. I didn't, uh, I didn't know about the football piece though. That's interesting. I did not know about that. So, cause correct me if I'm wrong. You're a, a Mac grad, right? Graduate from MacArthur. Graduated, graduated from MacArthur and, um, yeah, you know, I, I, my mom is uh, going back to my mom. I don't know why I'm talking about her so much, but she was a nurse growing up, you know, her whole life. And so I um, always wanted to play football, but was never allowed. You know, I was told I was never going to play football and never going to own a motorcycle. And so, you know, um, when I when I interviewed for the Reagan job initially, um, you know, obviously that was one of my big uh, concerns was just not having a football background. But um you know, I, I convinced them somehow that I could coach kids and, and um, you know, learned a lot and appreciate that sport and actually made me a, a much better soccer coach in a lot of ways. And, you know, I, um, you know, I really, really was, um, you know, just blown away by the whole practice planning, you know, and, and all those all the time that those guys spend, you know, yeah. for games and things like that. And it really, uh, you know, really helped me in my career. So but it, um, you know, the time commitment was just too much. Reagan was pretty successful those years in football and, and they would go a few rounds and then soccer season would start and we'd go a few rounds and then spring football would start. And, um, you know, before you knew it, it was like five years just in a flash. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, interesting, interesting. Thank you for sharing that by the way. And yeah, I can, I could, <laughs> I can definitely relate on the motorcycle front because I've had a, uh, can't tell you the number of conversations I've had with uh, both my mom and particularly my wife now uh, for many <laughs> years. So, yeah. So I feel you on that one. So yeah. I know, I know she'll appreciate me mentioning that too. So, yeah. Um, so let's segue here, coach. Let's talk about, uh, so world cup just wrapped up uh, unbelievable final Sunday morning. Um, your thoughts, your takeaway, both on the final and from your perspective and maybe as well as on uh, just, you know, the U S men's national team and just the overall tournament. Yeah, it's it's it was absolutely amazing, right? One of the craziest World Cups. You know, I, I grew up, you know, that's all we could see growing up. There wasn't Fox Soccer Channel or any of that other stuff, you know. Right, and, right. and so it was like every four years you wait for the World Cup and then you'd, you know, you'd maybe watch some Mexican League games on Sunday. And, you know, that's the only soccer we got to see. But, you know, obviously, you know, being a, a teacher now also for 22 years, you know, it's afforded me 
um, time off in the summer to enjoy every single World Cup and just sit around and watch all the games. And and uh, so having seen all those games and, you know, obviously being around the sport this long, you know, it's kind of crazy because you always, you know, think that you've seen it all or you've kind of experienced, you know, everything there is to kind of see in a game or and, um, you know, just so to see just the upsets and the and the the drama with the, you know, the uh, different countries and the socio, you know, political, you know, background stories and right. and, um, you know, trying to figure out how to watch games while on campus, while I'm trying to, you know, I'm supposed to be teaching and preparing for finals. And, you know, we, it was kind of cool, though, because we had a lot of fun with with the players and we were able to watch the semifinal games and a couple other games, you know, and, you know, it's like uh, we were supposed to be practicing, but hey, you know, it was a much better experience just being able to see all the players watch the games. And then so, um, so you get to the final and it, it's, uh, I mean, it, it's a story, you know, it, it's a story that's been meant to told for a while. Right. I mean, you know, I, I obviously root for the, for the U S and, um, you know, my dad was born in Mexico and Monterey. And so they're my backup. And, you know, I have lots of family members and strong feelings for the, for the Mexican team. My mom has a, has a lineage to Spain. So, you know, there's all these kind of stories of teams you support, but, um, you know, it's hard not to be a Messi fan and, and to see him finally, you know, you know, there's a lot of times I tell my players, you're not going to always get what you deserve. And, you know, it's just the way it goes. And, I don't know if there's any player more deserving than him with everything he's done in the game and, and to do it in the manner that he did. And, and the, just the drama and back and forth of the final was, was just amazing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it just makes you want more, right? Like you just, I sometimes think I just need a break from soccer, but then, you know, I'm just like, I'm, I was looking to see what games were on today just so I could keep watching. So <laughs> Um, yeah. it's great, you know, and then as far as in the, the U S um, it's an exciting time, you know, um, you know, the, the amount of talent that, that is in the pool right now is, is just amazing. And to see them, you know, perform and kind of not just, you know, sit back and try and, you know, avoid disaster and, and the style and the, and the, right. you know, the, the, the thought process to try and take it to teams and really, you know, try and set the tempo ourselves. And, and so that was exciting, you know, and, um, you know, obviously disappointing a little bit, you know, naive in some ways in that game that we, we ended up losing just because of um, whether it's lack of experience or, you know, whatever else, but, um, you know, obviously it's uh, sets up for a pretty exciting world cup here in four years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, from the, from the U S's, uh, U.S. Men's National Team perspective, it was it was great to see them emerge with some sort of identity, particularly in the midfield. Right? Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And there was all kinds of storylines there. You know, you have thirty-five-year-old th Tim Ream who just played an unbelievable tournament, right? And uh, yeah, I think it was just there was so many storylines there. I think the big thing, and you're right, you talk about naive. I think that's probably the perfect word when we talk about that match versus the Netherlands, because the unfortunate piece of our midfield was that those, the legs started to look tired right by that fourth match. And, and clearly we didn't, we didn't have the depth, right. And we had to figure out, Hey, how are you going to make substitution patterns in terms of if you, are you going to slide over Tim Weah? What are you going to, you know, what are you going to do on the left-hand side? You're trying to get in 
Aronson, the, it's compounded by the fact that we clearly don't have a a clear front runner in terms of a number nine. So, so yeah, I mean, and then you're, you're in here trying to figure out why isn't, you know, Gio Reyna playing. And then that, that's a whole other conversation as we're finding out now, uh, right. In terms of another podcast. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so yeah, but I think a lot of questions still to be answered, but I think we walk away from this having had a lot more answered, I guess. Um, than what we had going in. And and I think some people realize that how you play in the qualification process itself does not necessarily determine how your World Cup is going to go as as Mexico and Canada and Costa Rica found out, right? So particularly Canada. So yeah, so I think um, from their front, there's a lot of excitement. Now, you know, we have Co- Copa America's coming here, Copa America's coming here in 2024. And I don't know if you've seen this, they're talking about... Uh, Germany coming here next this coming in 2023 to line to play some friendly. I, I don't know if it's just going to be one friendly or a couple of friendlies. So Germany's trying to um, line that up as well. So how we play, how the U.S. Well, I mean Mexico and Canada will be in the same situation as far as there is no qualification process for them. So they're going to have to get extra creative with how they keep, how they test their players, right? In terms of friendlies. Uh, what additional tournaments? Uh, I know there's the other talk of uh, Gianni Infantino now at, at FIFA talking about trying to create this new, I don't know if you saw this, this new FIFA Club World Cup, I right. think, system. Right. right. And and if that's the case, that they're, they're saying that that would be played in 2025 and would kind of be a dry run for 2026 here. It would be here. So we'll see. We'll see. Interesting. Yeah. But uh, – yeah. yeah, you're right. You know, going in, um, you know, there was a lot of question marks about how we were playing. Obviously, we we qualified well, but then, you know, there was a there was a friendly against Japan that didn't go well, and there was a lot of questions about how we looked against them. And you know, in my mind, I was like, and then we we kind of saw it. Um, <laughs> they uh, Japan's pretty good, and so you know they, yeah. they had a yeah. good World Cup, and and then um, you know to see us kind of perform. You know, for me, it's it's like you and all of us, right? We're always constantly fighting, you know, these, these battles of um, people that are new to the sport, trying to be a fan, you know, saying it's boring, you know, if they watch that final, you know, I don't know how you can watch that final and and say that soccer is boring, but, you know, I think that um, the, 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 the U S you know, men's national team did a lot towards kind of hopefully converting some people, you know, because they, they watched those games and yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah. You know, the England game, they say, oh, it was nil-nil. But, you know, um, hopefully the sport continues to grow. I think it's in a great place. Obviously, the MLS is, is um, you know, continuing to thrive. And and so, uh, yeah, you know, the, the the Super League and all that stuff, the Club World Cup, you know, the club, you know, it, it's just – it's hard, right, because you, you, you want to see games as fans. You want players to continue to develop and have opportunities to play, but then you just – you know, I don't know if you saw the FIFA, you know, um, documentary. It's, you know, it's sometimes. Just, oh, yeah. It's just FIFA hard. Uncovered. Yeah. yeah. It's just hard oh sometimes God. to um, trust their their motives. Right. You know, and so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I told I told, uh, told a couple of my buddies, told a couple of my buddies after I watched that FIFA Uncovered documentary that I felt like I needed a shower. It was just <laughs> so God, it was. I mean, it's like none of it surprises you, right? But yet at the same time, it's like 
it's still kind of it, it's still jaw dropping, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that was a yeah, great documentary. Like, you knew, you know, you hear and you're like, of course it's going on, but then you see it and it's just the it's right. so blatant, you know, and it's just yeah. Yeah. it's unbelievable. And so hopefully, um, yeah, it continues to move in the right direction. But yeah, it is all about money. So right, yeah. In terms of in terms of that final, I think you're spot on. You know, couldn't agree with you more. It was it was great to see that come to fruition in terms of in terms of Messi, right? I think you could see that in terms of all of <laughs> not just all of Argentina, but basically everyone outside of France, it seems like. But I think I walked away from I walked away from that final. Yeah, you know, well, first of all, I was I think I had on my cell I had probably like twelve different chats going all at the same time over the course of that game. And I had, and a lot of non-soccer guys too, a lot of non-soccer people. And so many of them were telling me in those last, probably what, 40 minutes of that game, 45 minutes of that game, that it was just like, this is the, <laughs> this is the greatest like single sporting event I think I've ever seen, right? Just the drama, how, how incredible it was, how it was kind of building. And, uh, but yeah, I think I walked away from, from that game really being just over really extremely impressed by France, you know, just in terms of the character that they showed when they clearly didn't have it right for 75 minutes. And, you know, they had, they had, and it wasn't the, it wasn't an excuse. It was the reality of they had a, I think, what was it? A flu bug. I think that was running through half that team about, and then, and then they're plus they're missing half of an all-star team, right? They have like five guys, five mm -hmm. legitimate starters that didn't even make the trip because of injuries. So when you factor all that in, I think, and the character piece, I was really, I was really taken back by the fight that they had, right? That they came back and they, they had to push, they had to push Argentina to get to that level, right? So, so it was, it was phenomenal to watch. Absolutely. I, I, um, I said the same thing. I think that was, I mean, I'm sure I've seen others that were just as dramatic, you know, but, but absolutely in that in the final right in the final of a world cup um to, to have that game and the way it played out it was just amazing i think it was the best soccer game i've ever seen i mean it really was and and you know with france you know they're missing all those players like you said their depth is just incredible it, it um uh, mm -hmm. you know i'm spoiled at, at reagan i really am and and you know I'm, there's no denying the talent that's there and and uh you know we have a great deep team too and so one of the things i was gonna say is you know, even the um, – because as coaches, right, we're always kind of trying to analyze what they're doing and not just the players. And so for, um, you know, the French coach to just pull the trigger right before halftime and make two subs and, you know, just try and affect the game at that moment, yeah. was it was it was all just pretty impressive to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I think the, the, the icing on it was just watching both Messi and with – really what that game was was right right the uh, the coronation the passing of the torch there with Mbappe is is to see them both be great right to see them both kind of just back and forth back counter and uh, that's like you don't even amongst great players in any sport you don't always get to see that right that back and forth piece so that was that was that's what made it all just extremely special yeah yeah that um you know to, to for I think we all know that um you know, soccer might be one of the hardest sports for one guy to just kind of take over. You know, it's 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 an extremely, you know, um, integrated team game. And and so for those two guys to just kind of take over the way they did and score five right. with six goals and just kind of 
trying to punch each other out was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. So we segue over, Coach. Yeah, we'll talk about um, – we'll start talking about some Texas high school soccer here now. So, um, you know, I had the privilege, you know, the privilege and honor of – being uh, being a guest of of Tasco's at last month's uh, Texas high you know Tasco's Texas high school soccer coaches convention in Galveston there at Moody Gardens, um, and it was pretty awesome for me the experience that I had in terms of interviewing coaches, talking with coaches, uh, the coverage piece, uh, talking with just getting so many different angles and inputs. It was it was both uh, I really appreciated it. it was an eye opener. Um, but it was also great to put a lot of faces and get to meet a lot of people that I had already kind of been working with through the podcast. But I, I was kind of curious to get, I want to get your thoughts on the experience um, this from this year, uh, from your perspective. Sure. Um, you know, there again, on behalf of Tasco, we appreciate you being there. I know that, um, you know, Jimmy Kruger, you know, reached out or you guys reached out to each other and, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's, let's just go ahead and decide it right now that it's, it needs to be an annual thing and you need to be there. And, and, uh, cause I think the, you know, the, the more coverage that we get, um, through outlets like your, like yours is, um, you know, it's great for, for the organization, but ultimately it's great for, you know, the high school players. And so, um, you know, I've been, I've been lucky enough to be on the board for several years now and, um, just wanted to initially get involved and, and try and give back and learn and and network and you know see what I could do just to kind of help the organization to to continue to grow and um, you know it's been it's been an amazing experience and and um, you know the clinic itself to kind of get back in our second year after COVID was just um, you know great to see and so um, you know it's it's a lot of work and and you know it's right. it's been a crazy couple of years you know with with um, you know, with COVID and, and us having to, um, you know, organize a, an online kind of digital, you know, clinic back in, um, you know, in November of 2020. And then to, to get back, you know, to Moody Gardens in Galveston after, after that break <clears throat> was, um, you know, pretty emotional for, <clears throat> excuse me, pretty emotional for a lot of us, you know, on the board and people across the state because, um, you know, sadly, we lost a great friend and a great coach and a great leader in, in Joey. And, um, you know, he was he was supposed to be the president of, of that clinic. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's just crazy to kind of think of all the things we've we've been through and all the people that we've lost. And, you know, it really affected us as a board. And, um, you know, so to get back and and have the clinic again and kind of honor him and, you know, was great. And so then this last year, uh, you know, Laura Peter, our president, was, um, you know, in charge and, and put on a great clinic. You know, obviously there's there's a ton of people in the background that, uh, you know, that help bring in the speakers. And, you know, Jimmy as our, um, I don't know if I forget his new title. I kind of helped approve it. But, um, you know, he's our director. CEO. Operating operating officer. And, and yeah. um you know, he, he does a lot of work and um, it's 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 really difficult. And, and, you know, Andrew Stewart before him, you know, helped get us to where we are now, you know, with basically being the marketing director and and organizing that clinic. But to but to see, you know, roughly 900 to 1000 high school coaches from across the state come to one place and just be able to to hang out and talk and, and hopefully learn and and celebrate kids and, and um, celebrate the Hall of Honor and 
um, just get away from school and be able to kind of just take a mental break before before the season starts. You know, that's what it's about ultimately. And and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully the coaches get something out of it, take something away from it. You know, we have, um, you know, a ton of sponsors as well that we always have to thank. And and so ultimately it's just about, you know, helping helping um, coaches grow and helping coaches network and and hopefully providing, you know, that education piece um, to them. And, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to kind of taking a break and, and, um, you know, getting, getting some things off my plate. Uh, but, um, you know, absolutely. I'll, I'll always be a supporter of the organization and thankful for the experiences that I've had with them. So what I'm hearing is you want to kind of clear your plate a little bit so you can get back to coaching football in addition to soccer. Is that, is that what I'm hearing coach? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, no, pre- no one's listening. No one's listening anyway. Yeah, exactly. My wife's not listening, so it doesn't matter. But um, no, I don't, I don't think she. No, uh, don't get me. Don't get me in trouble with her. I'm making up rumors here. I'm yeah. just kidding. I'm just. Kidding. No, it's um, yeah. it's it's an honor, right? You know, and it's um, right. You know, we're all just a bunch of volunteers, and and um, we all um, you know, I think the board is in is in a great place right now, and and um, with really great dedicated coaches that just want to serve and and help help grow the, grow the sport. Right. And, you know, whether that's continuing to get three A's on board or, you know, middle schools, all those things is, has been great, but yeah, you know, I, um, going back to that father piece, I have a, I have a senior and a seventh grader and, um, oh, nice. you know, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of flashing by. And so to, to spend as much time as I can with those boys over right. the next few years is going to be going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I can relate to a certain extent. I can only imagine from your perspective. I have a I have a current sophomore, right, who also plays for me. So so she gets no escape, right? She gets <laughs> she's got to do with dad and coach. But yeah, yeah. No, I definitely I'm I'm experiencing that now as far as just savoring, enjoying some of these little moments, right? So yeah, I can definitely uh, I can definitely relate. Uh, so I'll, I'll so, be reaching out I'm to sorry, you. Go ahead, I'll be reaching out to you and how you deal with it because my seventh grader. You know, as, mm-hmm. if I can figure a way to keep my job at Reagan for for the next four or five years, he's uh he's planning on coming there. He plays soccer, and so you know oh, that experience of coaching your own kid. Yeah. Um, I have friends that are currently doing it, and you know it's uh, the highs are great, and the you know the um, the frustrations and and all those things too. Yeah. It's just an emotional roller coaster, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Reach for reach. Uh... Reach out offline, definitely help you out, Coach. I, I can tell you this. I'm not afraid to share it from from the perspective of my daughter. She's amazing. She just she she handles it very well and she can compart compartmentalize very well, right? The hey, this is this is the dad head on right now. And then this is the coach head on. And understanding that, hey, I'm probably gonna have to coach you tougher and you have to understand why, right? So uh, so there is no preferential treatment here. So, so yeah, so she does, she's done exceptionally well with that. So I can, I can share that. So, um, now you mentioned numbers, right? So there were certain things, there were certain things at the convention that kind of kept coming up. The more I spoke with coaches there, one of them was a big one was the social piece. You mentioned it. It was great to be back. Right. It was, it was like, this was like the first year of really being back. Um, one of the other things that was mentioned was how how many people were there, how many coaches were there, right? From returning coaches, returning coaches saying this is probably the most I've ever seen, and then new coaches kind of 
taking in the experience and telling me, sharing with me that this was this was pretty awesome to be around this many soccer people. I would have never guessed. Um, and then just the sheer amount of people that were still, what, day two, <laughs> the morning of day two, people still registering, right? So that was pretty, that was pretty awesome to see. But this year, from all those things plus more, I know you hit on some of it, but was there any one distinct thing that that stood out to you that made this past convention different? All those things that you said, you know, every year the goal is to to continue to grow the convention, and it is our big, you know, um, event, you know, on a yearly basis. And you know, I think that there's, um, you know, unfortunately, some misconceptions from coaches at times that what Tasco does or what we stand for or who we are. And, you know, it's a nonprofit organization that, you know, the, the, the more that we can grow the organization, the more that we can get people at the convention, the more that we can give back to students and give back to players and give back to coaches, you know, the, um, the work that um, <clears throat> our uh, foundation, you know, chairman Derek Beerling has done with that has, has been incredible. And, right. you know, the amount of scholarships that we give when, when coaches or players or schools, you know, unfortunately, you know, experience, you know, tragedy or things like that, we're able to, to help yeah. them. And so, you know, getting back to your question, it's just, it's just amazing to kind of see the, the growth in the sponsors and the, and the booths. And then, you know, the, the, it always just impresses me the, um, you know, the experience that the presenters have when they give us feedback about kind of like yourself, you know, maybe they've, you know, coached a long time, they've presented in different, different, um, you know, types of clinics or things like that, or coaching courses. And, and they come here and, and it's just like, wow, this is crazy. Like I've, you didn't tell me that there was going to be this many coaches here. And, and um, you know, it's, um, it's just great to see. And, and, and the, you know, the other thing too, that's really hard for us as a board, um, you know, as to where to have the convention. And we were in San Antonio for years and, you know, we had it outside over at the Blossom Fields and, of course, we always fought weather and things like that and audio issues. And, and um, you know, we were at the convention center, we were at the Alamo Dome one year. And, you know, just just economically with, with the space and the hotel and the floor space that we have for the actual field sessions, um, you know, it's always a concern for us to, to see if people are going to continue to come to Galveston. And, you know, we, um, right. we're obviously always... Uh, you know, looking for new places and, you know, the, the issues of hotel rooms and, and floor space and scheduling and calendars and all those things falls into it. But, um, you know, some people are going to complain that it's in Galveston, but, you know, we continue to see great numbers and, you know, it's, it's grown on me. It's a great place. You know, it's who, who, um, who can complain about going to, you know, to the beach for a little bit of time and, and get some seafood. And so, so, um, but yeah, it's just it's just great to see um, all the hard work that the board does. You know, credit to them um, throughout the year to kind of pull that off because yeah. you know roughly twenty of us, and um, yeah, you know to to kind of see it. You know, for me as the past president this year, just to kind of have a more of a back, you know, background role, and just to kind of sit back finally and and just look at everything. You know, turn out so successful was um, was just really neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I can personally confirm those, those sentiments, right. Uh, just personal testimonial. What I got to experience this year was that, you know, from, from Jimmy, you know, first of all, the Tasco, the board, the staff, 
from Jimmy. Jimmy was phenomenal in terms of working with me and get, getting us there, but also um, just the entire staff, you know, your, the regional, you know, assistants, second assistants, everybody. It was just, it was, it was incredible. And then just watching the work behind the scenes that they've been putting in, you know, and obviously Jimmy from his perspective, months and months out as well. But then also, <clears throat> you know, I'd, I'd be the first to tell you that why, why Galveston, right? Why all the way out there? But then when I see it for myself in terms of just the relationship and the, the staff of Moody Gardens and how they kind of took care of us, it was, it was phenomenal to experience and to see and just the service, the support. It was, I get it now. And then just the layout there as well, how it just lends itself out to, to what, you know, what you're trying to do there. It all made sense, but I had, of course I had to see it and I had to see it from behind the scenes and then experience it for it to really sink in though. Now I get it right now. I really get it. I really do. So yeah, I can definitely confirm that as well. So yeah, yeah, we appreciate that. It's yeah. It's like with coaching, right? You know, with your players or your parents or teaching kids in the classroom, um, you know, and I, I was guilty for years of always trying to please everybody and try and keep everybody happy. And I still want to do that as much as possible with with my daily interactions with my players and students and all that. But, you know, it goes, goes with Tasco as well. And unfortunately, you know, people in El Paso, people in the Valley, people in the right. Panhandle, you know, it's it's difficult. We understand that. Um, but with with the convention space to able, you know, we almost it's not quite a full field, but it's almost a pretty good size field for the field mm -hmm. sessions yeah. and the vendors. And then, of course, like you said, Moody Gardens has been um, just extremely accommodating and, and helped us keep costs down, you know, to 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 bring in, um, you know, presenters and to to give back to the to the coaches who attend with their swag and their you know things that we gift them and. And so, um, yeah, it's been great. Luckily, I don't have to make those decisions really anymore. So it's, it's good. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So we segue over to your to your squad now, Coach, to your team. Last time, I promise, last time I'll ask you a question about last season. Okay. <laughs> so you go 20, 24, and 3 on the season, undefeated in a, an extremely tough district. I don't have to tell you that. Um Making the region, make it all the way to the regional final, right? So you're one one game, one half away from from state. Um, you look back on it now, and as you start getting, obviously you got your eyes on the upcoming season. But what was maybe the key lesson learned from last year that'll help prepare you for this season? That's the big question, right? I've been asking myself that for 22 years now. You know, what can I learn from <laughs> last year to maybe get over the hump? But you know. Obviously, um, you know, the first thing to say is is uh, it, it doesn't get by me how incredibly just privileged I am to be at that program with those kids because, you know, obviously, you know, there's there's been four different coaches at Reagan and every single one of them's had success. And so, you know, that, that obviously says something about the community and the players. And so... Um, you know, I just want to congratulate them and thank them for all their hard work because they did. They had they had a great season, and and um, you know, every year we we kind of um, lose our last game at some point, you know, and and then try and look back and and uh, you know, it's it's just little little things, right? Little moments in games that just kind of don't go your way at times, and you know, that's one of the things that some people get frustrated with about soccer, and that is 
you know, you're um, you're not always going to be the best team, but you can probably get a result sometimes. And, and, and in no way am I saying that we were the better team that day against Lake Travis. You know, obviously they went on to win state and, and um, they were better than us that day. You know, I don't, I don't think by much, but you know, they deserved to win because they took their chances. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, you know, I think the world cup kind of showed that right with all the upsets and, and things like that. And, right. and so if you have a plan, you can, you can kind of get a result. And that's one of the things that I kind of love about it is even though you might be better than a team, you, you still have to go out and, and really um, perform. And so, you know, the Lake Travis game, you just had to bring it up. Right. So we, um, <laughs> sorry, no, it's good. We, 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 we love talking about it because obviously yeah. um, to be able to play in a regional final at, at your home stadium, you know, what, what a great experience for our players. And so, right. um, you know, like I said, you know, there's a couple moments there where we, where we can learn from, you know, um, the inability to clear a corner, right. I mean, they scored off a corner in the first, first goal. And, and that's something that we we've done pretty well, but you go back and look at the film and we just let a guy loose and, and it happens. Right. And so, um, you know, on the other end, we, we had we had a couple of really good chances that that kids have been scoring and and you know obviously it's the most difficult thing to do in soccer and when you don't take that chance and you give up another one it's um that's it no matter how hard you fight back you just can't can't get over that hump so um it's it's frustrating you know but but to be able to kind of come back and and try again you know is what keeps us going so you know the 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 kids that are returning this year you know they um you know, they obviously are, are excited. You know, they're uh, a lot of the players that were on varsity or around the varsity team, you know, two years ago, we lost to New Braunfels in the first round in a shootout. And so then to kind of get over that and, and make a little run to the regional tournament and make it to the regional final, um, you know, they, they're eager to, to kind of learn, learn from that experience and, and, and kind of hopefully, uh, you know, do it, do it again. Thoughts on thoughts on playing in twenty eight six A, which is in this area largely regarded as the toughest district, right? How does just what are your thoughts in terms of the grind of making it through that district and and how it prepares you for postseason play? Sure, I um, you know, I'll share a little story about you know just my past. You know, I I, I played over at Blossom, played over at Comalander when I was at MacArthur and. Um, you know, and I was like, you know, I've played here and then I've kind of lived in the, lived in the area. And and then, you know, when I, when I was able to get the job at Reagan the first time, I kind of thought, you know, I was a pretty dumb young coach and I thought I was ready to, you know, I had it all figured out. It's like, you know, Hey, this is my, this is my home. And, and I'll never forget my very first district game back then it was 26, five a, but, um, you know, I'll never forget my very first game district game against uh at, at reagan as the head coach against churchill and you know it was um 2008 and uh they mm-hmm. just i mean I, I gotta choose my words carefully here but they just whooped us i mean physically tactically technically you know they just beat us to the ground and and uh i thought we were pretty good and and um, it kind of woke me up and you know we ended up playing them again in the playoffs and they whooped us again and went to state but um it's, it's a great place to be, you know, as coaches, um, 
you know, the things that I, one of the things that I think we love as much as that we love the most about being able to coach is just the competitive nature of our jobs. Right. And so we're all competitors. Mm -hmm. We all just love the playing games and competing. And, and um, you know, that's why we kind of go into it is to kind of still be a part of the game and, and, and still be able to compete, even though, you know, the body for, for a couple decades now hasn't allowed me to, but um, yeah, you know, it's, and, and so it is, it, it's a great place to, to just kind of test your wits and your skills. I mean, it, as a coach, because there's, there's high level quality coaches all over the state, all over the city, you know, all the surrounding areas. And, and of course in our district as well. And um, you know, so to pitch yourself against, you know, guys like David Rogers, who's won multiple state championships, you know, Steve Zimmerman, who won a state championship. We were at Mac when, when Walter was still at Reagan and, and, um, you know, there's obviously um, the district is filled with great coaches as well. And so um, I love it. You know, I, I, I'm from, like I've said many times, I'm from the area and I grew up in the area and, and um, you know, to be able to kind of be in this district and, and the competitive nature of it, it's, it's, uh, it's great when you can kind of come through in a good way. And, and of course um, it's just frustrating because there's no easy game. You know, there's no easy game, obviously yeah. the, standings work themselves out every year but um you know every year it doesn't matter who you play in this district it's uh it's going to be a tough game so it it it's stressful as heck but it, it's it's a lot of fun it's really a lot of fun now so you've lived you've lived this right literally in terms of this district right both uh, as a student athlete and then as a coach for many years but and I promise, Coach, this is not a loaded question, but if you had to kind of pick a couple of words or maybe a sentence or two in terms of describing the the person now, just maybe a, descript, a descriptor of 286A, right, of just the makeup of the personality of the district, right, in terms of just week in and week out, right, what, it's, what that's like, what, what, could, what would you tell us? It's just going to be a fight, right? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a competitive match, and you know, you know that's that's not to say anything else about the surrounding districts, about any of those schools, you know, because there's there's great teams and, and competitive districts all around. But you know, it's um, you know, any year there's going to be a, a team or two that's really good that could could have made the you know the playoffs in another district, but they aren't aren't going to get to go to the playoffs and. Um, you know, it's just amazing. I, I kind of like, um, you know, looking at the history of, of the whole state of Texas, really, and, and the playoffs and, and soccer and high school soccer. But when you look at Region 4 um, <clears throat> and you look at Reagan High School, um, you know, the boys and the girls team have probably represented our district um, at the regional tournament more than anybody. And, and you know, um, so it's it's just it's just crazy because if if you get, do get a chance to kind of get out of the district, you know you're going to have a chance to maybe win a couple of playoff games and and so um, exciting, right? I mean, if if anything, you know, you wanted a word or two. It's it's, it's exciting. It's competitive. It's fun. And um, you know, every year right around this time, especially here in a few weeks, you know, we uh, we just can't wait to kind of start playing those games because there's games even though you know you said we went undefeated and stuff. There's there's ties that we want to, you know, correct. And there's, there's tough games that we want to try and do better in. And, and of course with, uh, 
you know, with everybody kind of coming after you, I, I, I tell my kids all this time that, you know, the, the amount of it's, it's not hate, but it's just, you know, you know, the amount of um, motivation that teams have when they play us, it, it's difficult to get the kids and the players to understand that. Right. Because they just, mm-hmm. they, we always, we always get everybody's best. And so it, it makes it fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my description of 28, six, a, uh, on both sides, really, both the boys and girls side is, and, you know, there are plenty of tough districts across the state and in this area. It's not a knock on any of them, but 28-6A in particular, I describe it as three words, really, is what I use as no days off, right? <laughs> no days off is how I describe it because it's, you see it all the time. It's like somebody, even the quote-unquote team that's down, right, for that year is you got to show up. Right, you got to come to play because if not, it's like anyone is capable of pretty much beating anyone. So, yeah, no days off is kind of my my take on on that district, on your districts. It's a great you know, way to we, put it. Yeah, yeah, we talk about this season, right? And so this is kind of a two parter, I guess. One, as a coach, obviously you want to always highlight your team and highlight all your players, but maybe give us give us one or two players that you would like to maybe put the spotlight on that maybe the greater the greater San Antonio area needs to know more about or maybe the state needs to know more about um, that you can share with us. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say something before and just say, you know, I'm, I'm gonna apologize to anybody I forget because you know like we said we're we're a pretty deep team and and uh, you know I could sit here and name everybody on the roster right. really <clears throat> you know we we have um you know, but to, but to just go through a few of the players, you know, we we obviously have Aiden Phelan, who's a four-year letterman for us, who's been on varsity since his freshman year, and you know had a great season last year, and um, you know looking for him to have a great senior year. Um, people like Jack Hilliard, who's in the midfield with him, you know should have a, should have a great year as well. We have another returning senior in in Matteo Dominic, who played the nine for us last year that that did great and. Um, you know, we're hoping can can lead the line. And, you know, of course, Sean Mativi came to us last year, our goalie, and he, um, he's been battling a little hand injury for the past month or so, and we're excited to get him back. But, you know, to to be lucky enough to to put a um, – I don't even know how tall he is. He's probably 6'4", 6'5", and, you know, just a pretty gifted uh, goalkeeper. You know, he, he should have a great year. And then, you know, in the back, um, which is just as important um, – you know, two two returning senior starters and and Logan Redmond and and Pablo Cantu that that play in the back for us that were starters all year last year that are um, just talented, good defenders and and really big big time competitors. So so those are a few. You know, um, we have you know another returning um, senior whose his name is Marcelo Tenorio who's who's going to start for us out wide on one of the, you know, at 7-11, and, and um, you know, his older brother was Pato Tenorio, who had a great year for us last year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just just like always, we have a great handful of young kids coming up. You know, we scrimmaged O'Connor, um, you know, my good friend Rob Bledsoe over to O'Connor on Friday, and uh, I didn't realize it until two or three minutes into the game. I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? But I was just commenting to him, I, I think I started five or six sophomores. And – you know, so so these kids that are just coming up through, um, you know, we're 
we're blessed to have them and looking forward to their next two or three years with us because, you know, there's a lot of young kids too that are going to be playing some varsity minutes this year for the first time, but definitely, um, definitely belong. So. Yeah. Yeah. And a quick shout out coach, also a personal shout out, right. Um, obviously completely biased here, but they're kind of couple of, couple of our own, couple of my own in terms of college promoters USA and my role with college promoters USA that are in your program, in your system and, goalkeepers noah noah Cedillo and caden morris so want to yep. give them a shout out as well so um proud of the work that they're doing so uh you know, those, now, those those two guys you know they're they're amazing and um you know they they compete and they all three of those goalkeepers we have we have a sophomore named patrick bassett who's kind of in the mix too but you know caden and noah um just two of the most humble hardworking kids that i've been around and and um you know, really looking forward to giving them as many opportunities as I can this year. And, um, you know, obviously they're, they're working really hard to try and, um, right. you know, continue to play at the next level. And that absolutely, they're great to have in the program. And, you know, there's a ton of kids like that, that we have that are, um, just great to be around and compete and, and talented. And, and so, right. um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You are definitely blessed. That group definitely blessed. And, you know, I, I kid with Caden cause I tell him all the time. It's like, man, you're making me look bad. It's like, every time I see this kid, he's up on, you know, he's personal goalkeeper training session club. He's at, you know, he's hitting the weight room, something. I was like, man, this guy, yeah. <laughs> I tell him, you make it. It's like, every time I feel like I can take a day off, I come across one of your posts and I was like, I got to get up and do something. So um, so yeah. yeah, those are the yeah, those are the kind of guys that are a joy to coach for sure. Yeah, and and you know, <clears throat> you know, to to thank you for your service and your you know military background, if I'm not mistaken, and you know, Caden's dad yeah. same same way. Yeah. Um, you know, my father served in the army and was in Vietnam, and and um, whether it's a military's kid or a coach's kid, like you were talking about your daughter, it's. Uh, you know, it's just great to have those role models in our lives and, you know, it shows because they carry themselves, um, you know, just really well and really just hard work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And thank you. Thank you to your father as well for his service. Um, the, what has you, we talked about, we talked about last season and we talked about how that played out the lessons learned players. You, you hit on it a little bit in terms of the young group that you're going to have coming in this year as well, getting a lot of minutes, that are ready to go, but what, what's maybe one thing that you can highlight that has, has you the most excited about this season? Mm. That's a good question. Um, you know, just, you know, first and foremost, just the opportunity to kind of go again and, and, and go with this group of kids. And so, you know, the, um, the district's going to be extremely tough. You know, we could sit here and talk about Brandeis and Johnson and Churchill and Lee and, right. and all of them really. Um, you know, but, um, you know, the thing that excites me the most is just like you said, is having these young players that, uh, that are coming through and, you know, it's hard cause we have kids that, you know, it's the hardest thing that we deal with. And we have kids that are, you know, with us that are juniors and seniors and, and they're constantly trying to compete and make their way into the team. And then we have young kids coming up and, you know, to, you know, to unfortunately get accused sometimes of just having favorites or, you know, all these things, it's just frustrating because you're just trying to do what's best for the program and the team. And, and, um, you know, it comes, comes with the position, but, um, right. you know, it, it's the same thing every year at Reagan really. And, and, you know, here again, I'm, 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 I'm spoiled and I'm lucky because, um, 
the, the disappointments of the previous season are always kind of just, um, you know, put away with, with the excitement about the new group of kids. And, and just like every year, you know, 13 years at Reagan now, um, this group of kids and, and these players that we have just as exciting because, you know, it's, um, makes you wonder what, what they can do if, if they can kind of figure it out and put it together. Yeah. Yeah. We got a, got a question here. So from my co-host, um, co-host of uh, Inside Texas High School Soccer, Coach uh, Rafa Castorena, what high school team in Texas would you like to schedule a game with? I kind of already have, you know, we, um, you know, we have, you know, we're lucky enough to be able to travel and, um, you know, we um, are going to be going up to Dallas and playing a couple really good teams up there. We start with Casey Cinco Ranch and we might end up playing a team from Miami of all places, uh, depending upon how they do and how we do. And, um, you know, and, and, and this just kind of goes back to some friendships, right? Like, you know, I, I'm good friends with Rob Bledsoe, so being able to scrimmage him is, is always fun. But, um, you know, we haven't played in a few years and, and we've already kind of scheduled it. And, you know, there's um, if you know me or, you know, Jimmy Kruger, um, it's no it's no surprise that or, you know, that we're pretty good friends and and we, we've decided to play each other again. So, yeah. you know, in Austin, we're going to be playing each other and, and uh, you know, to play a. A, a, a relatively meaningless game. It's a, it's a, it's a tournament game, which obviously goes against our records. And, you know, it's important for our kids to play and develop and, and see them compete, but um, to kind of have a friendly with, with, with him, you know, this year, especially because of his success last year, you know, making it to the state tournament. And, um, you know, that's one that we're really looking forward to because mm-hmm. I think he's better than us this year. So hopefully we can hold on and, and get a result, but um you know, those, those games where you're able to kind of compete against your colleagues that are, that you're lucky enough to get along with are, are the good ones. Right. And so, um, right. Right. You know, luckily we, um, you know, we get to play all the 28, six, eight teams and, and those are ones that we, we love to schedule, you know, obviously as well, but um, yeah, the one that should be fun this year should be seven lakes to see kind of where we're yeah. at. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be a match. I know you mentioned, I understand where you're coming from in terms of the, the meaningless air quotes, right? But yeah, I think because uh, he's going to have a squad, that's for sure. But I think it's going to be great. Um, it's going to be great for you all to experience and see that as well. I think uh, because I think when it's all said and done, both of you are going to, both squads are going to have a say in terms of uh, potentially a run at state, right? So, all right, coach, one final question here before we, well, two more questions, but this is my last one in terms of your, in terms <laughs> of your team. Now this one is a little loaded, so I gotta apologize for this one. So, but I've been asking this one as of late to a lot of coaches, though. So, the twenty twenty three finish this sentence. The twenty twenty three season will be a success if twenty twenty three season will be a success if um, I don't get fired. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a first. Yeah. No, <laughs> so um, I say, if it makes you feel any better, I say that pretty much going every Monday, going into every week. So don't feel bad. Don't yeah. feel bad. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm going to sound super corny here, you know, but as I, as I've gotten older, it's, it's really the most important thing. And it'll be, it's a, you know, this, this upcoming season will be a success if, if we can somehow get all the kids kind of bought into their role and being a part of the team, being a part of the program, you know, we, we, 
if, 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 if we don't win the district, if we don't go far in the playoffs, if we don't win the state tournament, I think that there'll, there'll still be a lot of successes to, to, to draw upon, um, you know, but, but every year <clears throat> we want the players to have a good experience, you know, for the most part, it's not going to happen for all of them, but um, if, if they can, you know, grow together and, and form relationships that'll last them a lifetime and, and learn, you know, what it means to be a good teammate and, and to work hard and, and to be a part of a team, be a part of something bigger than themselves and realize they can't do it by themselves. Um, you know, if, if they take a step towards being less selfish and not that they are, but, you know, just um, that experience, right? I mean, that's what what's amazing right. about our job is we get to kind of be a part of this, this growing experience with these teenage boys that um, I don't really think that they can experience outside of, you know, organized sports and, and to be able to do it at, at Reagan is great. So, I know it sounds corny, but I, I truly believe that if, if if all these guys come through the season with you know with a little bit more maturity and a little bit more um, you know self of being part of team, then then that's that's really what we're trying to do ultimately. Yeah. No, not not corny at all, Coach. I mean, I think extremely well said. I mean, not as funny as your first answer, but you know, still uh, no, very well said, very well said. He is Coach Gilbert Villarreal, the head men's soccer coach of the San Antonio Reagan Rattlers. All right, Coach, you got one more here for you. Um, completely on the side, but in terms of you talked about coverage of the sport and where the sport is headed, and you've been here long enough. I kind of want to get, and you're in a unique perspective given your background, having been a former president of TASCO as well. So, so you have that big, you have boots on the ground perspective, but you also have the 35,000 foot perspective. Answer this from your perspective how has, how has the sport, you know, how has Texas high school soccer? changed or is maybe currently changing from from what you've seen you've noticed maybe one one thing that stands out to you maybe i think the quality of the coaching is huge you know when i was playing uh no offense to coach castaneda or coach crivellari at macarthur coach castaneda was a great coach and, and successful and you know they were both one of the one of the great ones but um you know we <clears throat> We at Tasco, and it's part of the reason why I got involved is because I would go as a, as a young coach and 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 learn and pick things up and and just try and you know better myself. And so the quality of the coaching is has been really um, good to see, um, you know, across the state, and and you can see it and how teams are playing and the quality that that of 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 play that's on the field, and you know it's it's just great to be a part of it. You know, from from when I was playing. So from from the time that I started coaching to now, just to see the growth of programs and the growth of the uh, community involvement and the, the growth of the players that are, you know, involved in the sport, um, it's great. You know, obviously we'd like to continue to see it to grow, you know, to the smaller um, schools and, and those things. But um, it's just exciting to kind of see everything that, it, that it's happening with high school soccer because it's definitely going in the right place. And you know, the quality of the people that are involved with it is, is um, continuing to get better and better and better. So, you know, it leads to, to better player growth and, and hopefully enjoyment. And um, so, yeah, it's just, it's just great to see. Do you think, do you think it looks even better five years from now? I think so. I mean, I, I would like to think so, right. Because, um, you know, hopefully the, the districts, you know, obviously the resources, um, aren't always the greatest, um, you know, and that goes for all T 
teachers and, you know, I'm talking about education right. in, in general, not just, right. you know, how we fund our, our sports, but, um, you know, that, that hopefully will continue to grow for, for educators and, and, and public schools. Um, and, and, and I think so, right. Because I think that, um, <clears throat> the sport itself, you know, the, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but just over the years, you constantly see the number of kids involved playing high school soccer compared to the other sports has, has been on a great trajectory. And so I, I don't know what, what, what's going to keep that from continuing. Yeah. Yeah. Quick, uh, got a quick question in here from uh, Dave Phelan, your perspective, how has club soccer helped change the quality of teams? I know you, you can have a field day with that one, but maybe just yeah. one thing you want to hit on. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's the necessary evil, right? You know, they probably say that about us too. Right. I, I grew up playing club soccer. I, I coach currently, I currently coach club soccer. You know, um, the amount of players at Reagan that play club soccer is, is incredible. And, you know, obviously that leads to, um, you know, the, the levels that they're able to perform at. Um, and it's, it, it's great. You know, it's frustrating with, with the costs and all the other background political stuff that goes on with club soccer. Um, but obviously the more that the kids play in a good structured environment, um, you know, the better. And so, um, you know, we highly encourage all of our players to try and play and, and try and work with them in the fall to, to allow them to be able to do that as much as possible. And, um, you know, it, it raises the level, obviously, you know, there's no, there's no right. doubt about the correlation between how many club players a school has and, and their, their level of play and their success. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's never going to be hundred percent perfect, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great to, for, for players to be able to have that opportunity to just play year round, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's further compounded by, as you mentioned, right from, from the high school perspective is having soccer people in those soccer positions, right. And soccer backgrounds, soccer coaches, because because we all know that the formula is relatively simple is is better coaches leads to better players right better educated coaches more experienced coaches um, and just because you played obviously doesn't make you doesn't translate to being a great coach so yeah so that that coaching education piece is key so without a doubt so awesome all right coach well hey that's going to do it for our first segment we know uh, we're going to bring you back shortly for our second segment for counterattack we get to pick on you a little bit and ask you some random off the wall questions, see how you do, no pressure, but uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student athlete. 
And we're back with Coach Gilbert Villarreal, the head men's soccer coach of the San Antonio Reagan Rattlers. All right, Coach, it's counterattack time. You ready? I'm ready. I, I love getting picked on. It keeps me on my toes. All right. All right. Okay. First one. How would you have coached you? Coach <laughs> you, coaching player you. How would you, if you could go back, how would you have coached you? Yeah, I would have had to have been pretty patient. I have a couple players right now that – um. They can be clowns, right? And they're always about trying to have a good time and goof around. And and um, you know, at times I was guilty of that a little bit as as a player. And and so um, you know, it, it that that level of patience that it takes to to be a parent, to be a teacher, to be a coach is is just so like roller coaster, right? Sometimes I have right. too much of it, and sometimes I just don't have any. And um, you know, for me, um, I had some great coaches growing up, you know, I had a, my college coach was a 4.0 graduate from Princeton. And we used to, we used to joke that he was too smart to be coaching us idiots, you know, and, and, um, but, um, yeah, you know, just maybe, maybe encouraged a young Gilbert to, to kind of work harder and, and be a little bit more serious about it at times. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't, um, regret any of the experiences that I had as a player. So, uh, Yeah. Just more patience. Do you ever have <clears throat> you ever have those random flashbacks where you identify you see yourself in some of your players? Like you can relate to that in terms of the the old you, the player you in some of your players? If not on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, one hundred percent. Yeah. I mean it's uh it's what makes it fun, right? Because um like I tell my my own two sons, it's like you're gonna do as I say, not as I did or not as I'm doing and um, you know, it helps, it helps, I think, just relate to the players, you know, um, you know, I joke with them that, uh, I'm one of them, you know, I'm, I'm still a kid at heart and, you know, these guys keep me young and just being able to be around the sport and be around them and joke around with them is great. And so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of sometimes have to hide my laughter because they'll do something. And I'm like, yeah, that's something <laughs> I did all the time. And I, I want to get mad at them, but you right. know, it's like, you used to do that, you dummy. And so, yeah, um, yeah that's, yeah. that's great. I mean, as much as times have changed, um, yeah. you get, you get 20, 30 boys out on the soccer field with in a, in a situation and it's, uh, it's, it hasn't changed. Right. So it's right. Uh, a, lot, yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I have those moments with, uh, with my team, with my girls as well. And we start talking about it and, they, they start kind of peeling back the layers to the onion that is me and they start to realize that he's I'm quite a bit more of a prankster than than they would have ever imagined so yeah I can I can definitely relate so yeah. all right next one now this is as a coach not as a player any game day superstitions or rituals jeez I've been really trying to get better about this because players over the years have really accused me of um being bad about this <laughs> and I uh I teach math, so I'm a numbers guy, and I, I, you know, not that I'm a great numbers guy, but I just have certain numbers in my mind that kind of mean things to me. Um, Walter and a bunch of other guys, you know, used to joke about me. You know, one of the things that I do is, uh, and I don't know why, but I just, just it's what I do. When I'm leaving the locker room to go out to the field, I always walk across the corner and take three steps, like right inside the corner flag. And there could be a girls' game going on before me or something, and I'll just, I'll just do it. I don't know why. It's just one of my little superstitions but you know there's that there's um you know there's game day we we have a shoot around and there's little things in game day that i that i used to do i don't know how much i'll be doing it 
you know, here going forward. But, you know, I always used to uh, just take a bag of balls and go out, you know, while the kids were kind of stretching for shoot around and um, nobody could touch a ball until I hit the crossbar at least one time. And, and some days it happened a lot sooner than others, but they would get frustrated with me. They'd be standing there just waiting, you know, for me to hit the stupid crossbar. But um, a lot of them, a lot of them stem from our playing days, right? You know, it's like, I mean, people make fun of me too. Cause I, I show up in flip-flops at the games and it's just cause I, I that's, I, I shouldn't be saying this because I'm not supposed to be driving a bus with flip-flops on, but um, I'll take that one back. But, you know, I, I just from little things as players, you know, as far as uh, what shoe you put on first and mm-hmm. how you kind of pack your bag and the manner, you know, I don't get dressed to play, but, you know, when I was playing and it's carried over as a coach, you know, like what article of clothing you get dressed and, you know, you put on your warm-ups and all that stuff. It's just little rituals that uh, – Right, right. I can't get rid of, man. I've been trying to, but it's hard. <laughs> All right. The three steps one. That's a, so you'll cut, you'll cut right across a field. That's live. That's an actual, you'll just right, I'll there, wait, right in that corner. I'll wait till the yeah. balls, you know, in the other half. And it's not like I go out on the field. I just cut across the little, you know, quarter arc in the, in right. the, in the yeah. corner. And um, I, I don't, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, I've done it and we've lost. I've done it and we won, but just I just got to do it. I guess at that point, it's it's no longer superstition. We just call it a tradition now, right? Yeah. It's a tradition. Exactly. All right. All right. Next one. Cats or dogs? We got dogs. Well, we have yeah. a dog. That's an easy one for me. My yeah. my dad was um, allergic to cats growing up, and and mm-hmm. um, my wife had a cat at one point, and just the I don't know. I can appreciate them, but the unpredictability of their actions and their behaviors sometimes just drives me crazy. I know exactly what I'm going to get out of Annie, our little dog, yeah. every day, and and uh, 100% dogs. There you go. All right. Morning person or night owl? I think I tend to be more of a night owl for sure. I am. Um, my, my seventh grader, he's, he made the, you know, he's playing all these sports um, at Bush middle school. And, and he has 6:30 AM basketball practice for his JV, you know, for his, for his seventh grade B team. And so that's been killing me a little bit, but it's been amazing to see how much stuff I can get done when I get to school, like at seven o'clock, you know? So, right, um, right. but I, I, I tend to, I tend to stay up late. Yeah. It's always yeah. been something that I've done. And, um, I think I do some of my best work <laughs> in those hours. Yeah. 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 You know, I was, have, I was, who was it? I had, so I had the coaches, the head men's and women's soccer coaches for Cattle Mills on a couple of episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And we talked about <clears throat> that came up when I asked this question and I told him, I said, I think the more I talk to coach, you know, that's kind of the, the byproduct of asking some of these random questions is you stumble across things and, one of the things that I realized is because I do the same thing because of what I found and what I'm starting to find the more coaches I speak to is when the rest of the family is, is asleep, you can get, you're working on different things, right? Whether it's emails, getting caught up, watching film, tons of film. I do lots of that, lots of notes, getting ready for practices, getting ready for games. You have, it's the house is quiet, right? And you can get, I find the same thing. You can get stuff done. Yeah. And it's, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's a rat race during the day, you know, and, and everybody knows this just as well as I do, you know, going from class to class and teaching and practicing and doing your lunch duty and, you know, picking up the bus. And, and it's just like a flurry of, of um, little things every day that gets done. And then you go to a game or you coach a game or you scout a game and, and you get home and, you know, your mind just races for hours on end about what I could have done, what we need to do. And, and um, you know, that, that time to just kind of wind down at times is uh, I don't know how, how guys, you know, yeah, it's a process. Know, I don't, yeah, yeah. It's a process. So it's, it's, it's definitely for me nighttime. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. Um, VAR, V-A-R, whichever you want to call it. VAR, yes or no? Yes. Yes. Frustratingly, yes. I mean, you know, if, if it's, if it's sometimes these VAR decisions just blow your mind, you know, they really do. And, and you're asking yourself, how, how can a person sit there and look at that and, and, um, not see something or see something differently than what you thought. But, you know, the, um, I think that the evolution of the offside VAR needs to continue. I mean, these, um, you know, toenail decisions about, you know, he was off by a whisker is something that I don't think is true to the, to the true nature of the game, you know, um, the intent, yeah, the, the intent, the, yeah. The, the solution to that is, is difficult because you really start falling into some subjective areas of, well, you know, he was, or he wasn't, but, um, you know, for, for, you know, you would never, you know, as, as great as it was when I was a 12 year old and I saw Maradona punch that ball in, you know, it wasn't right. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like getting those things, getting those moments corrected is I think going to help the game. And right. you know, I mean, I'd love to see at least at the pro level, like, like tennis, you know, why can't they decide when the ball's out of bounds or not? You know, we had that Japanese goal that was just crazy. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they can, if they can have goal line technology, why can't we have, you know, a little watch go off on the, on the ref when the ball goes out of bounds, things like that. But, you know, it needs to continue to improve. And, mm -hmm. and there's always going to be that human element of sub subjectivity of the center ref or, you know, the guy looking at the VAR. But um, overall, I, I, in my opinion, I think it's doing more good than it is bad. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. And uh, got a statement here from uh, Dave Phelan, which I will refuse to acknowledge. Is, is, this, is, is this going to be Arsenal's year? I say, I say to that no, because I'm also a, a Liverpool guy. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, you know, we'll see. <laughs> uh, Are you an uh, Arsenal guy? It's no, it's it's okay. it's no secret that I am an Arsenal fan, and and uh, right. we're just going to enjoy this okay. for as long as we well, can. Well, thank you, thank you for thank you for joining us on the podcast. This concludes our show, Coach. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, now you told, Never to be told me again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that kind of perfect segue, we just established that. My, our, my next question was favorite and least favorite soccer team. So we've got 50% out of the way. Sure. <clears throat> well, I'm going to be cheesy and say my, my favorite soccer team are the Reagan Rattlers, right? And then, of course, I'm a big fan of the uh, Veterans Memorial Patriots. My son, Ethan, is a senior over there this year with uh, Coach Lieber and, and – um, you know, just super appreciative to him for all the things he's done for my son. And, um, you know, so, so obviously a huge SAFC fan, you know, being from San Antonio, I'm, you know, professionally, obviously a, a big Arsenal fan, um, you know, and, 
and therefore it's it's pretty easy to to figure out who my least favorite is and that would be tottenham um so it's just a natural kind of you know it's kind of like i have to even though they're pretty enjoyable to watch sometimes um but yeah i mean i could go across you know it's 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 hard not to be a fan of these uh just elite european clubs that just play some amazing stuff and um you know here locally you know obviously san antonio guys so sometimes i'd um you know like the dynamo sometimes i like you know fc dallas and um trying to support those local texas teams you know i'm still not to a place where i can like austin fc too much you know with that whole history of us maybe getting that team but but it's a great place to be watch a game i mean so it's absolutely it's, yeah but, but at the top is arsenal for sure yeah yeah you know, speaking of Tottenham, I saw today I saw a tweet with a photo of Messi in a Tottenham in a in a Tottenham kit, saying it was basically along the lines of, "Now that he's led Argentina to a World Cup, the only thing left for him to the only miracle left, I think, for him to do is is lead Tottenham to a title." So, yeah. which I I was it was hilarious when I read it, but uh, yeah. So, All right, um, next one. To any any title for that for that matter, just to take a little dig at Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Coach Gilbert Villarreal is appointed the soccer czar in America, right? He's in charge of all of soccer. What's the very first change you would make tomorrow regarding soccer in America? Selfishly, I would say let all these kids play in um, MLS next and the DA, let them play high school. I mean, that's a whole nother debate, right? We, um, right. you know, I was looking at, uh, I was reading the article the other day about it was either 16 or 17 of the 26 U.S. men's national team players at some point were playing in the development academy, you know, and, and so there's no doubt about um, its its positive effect on the level of play. You know, in my opinion, the the um, those elite players are going to go play in Europe and play abroad. And, and, you know, if you look at all those players that are on the men's national team now and the experiences they've had overseas, you know, how does that affect our our local MLS next kids and and our you know previously the DA? I mean, I would look at that seriously. Um, you know, and then and then the other thing too, <clears throat> I would say at the top of my list would be to make um, whether it's through USSF or whether it's through USC, the United Soccer Coaches. You know the the inaccessibility of coaching licenses and courses to coaches in the United States is ridiculous. I mean, you look at, you know, other, other countries and the amount of um, highly qualified, highly licensed coaches that they have at the youth level, at the Mm -hmm. national level, all those things. Um, You know, that's a big one for me. I mean, I, I, I was lucky enough to take my C at an, you know, not too long ago and, you know, I'm getting kind of old and, you know, I, I like to take my B maybe, but, you know, the, the, it's just not affordable for me. And, and so, you know, making those USSF licenses demanding and, and, you know, um, is one thing, but to make them more accessible, I think is another thing. And, And so there's, there's that whole issue of coaches education that, that is huge. And then, you know, I'll be honest, I, I think that the trend, you know, if I could say a third thing is, you know, the trend for, college rosters to be so heavily um littered with foreign players is is an issue and i mean 
to each his own. Everybody deserves a right. You know, that's one of the things I love about our country is it's, it's openness, you know, and, and it's, it's, um, you know, offering people from other countries to come here and live here and work here and go to school here, all those things. But if we want to continue to grow, um, you know, the MLS, if we want to, con- with, with, with domestic players, if we want to, you know, continue to grow, um, you know, our national team, then I, I think that it's difficult to say, I don't know what the percentage would be, but there should be a, there should be a requirement that there's a certain amount of domestically grown United States kids that have to be on your roster, you know? Um, so that might be a controversial one, but, I, but I think that it's important. Right. Yeah. I know one of the hot topics right now that's heavily being just looked into investigated the on the NCAA side is just, is the, the volume of, of not just internationals, but internationals with, with some sort of previous semi pro or semi, not semi pro, but actual professional experience that are slipping through the cracks. Yep. That's a big one. You know, and you got 25, 20, 25, 26 year old, you know, freshman, right. Air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a very big topic right now at the, uh, at the NCAA level for sure. Yep. Um, all right. Next one for you, coach that you can share favorite movie quote. Mm. Favorite movie quote. That's a tough one because there's so many, right? Like, um, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if you were coming to mind, but you know, the, the Shawshank Redemption at the end when he's about to break out of prison and he says, you know, get busy living or get busy dying. I like that one. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about some of the cheesy ones too. I'm a Rocky fan. So, you know, some, some Clubber Lang quotes are kind of funny about, you know, your dead meat and all that stuff is funny, but, um, yeah. the prediction pain, I like that yeah. one, the prediction pain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good one. I, I love myself a good movie, but, um, you know, there's, there's so many, there's probably some that are probably not appropriate for, for the show. <laughs> yeah, that's well. that's, I know that's why I said that you can share, but yeah, you can tell me those offline. Yeah, so, exactly. All right. Good deal. Um, so next one. If not, and you maybe kind of alluded to this earlier at the very beginning before you got into teaching, but if not an educator and coach, you would have been what? Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, so yeah, when I got out of college, I, I just had a few student loans. I say sarcastically, and you know, I, I didn't. Um, you know, my biggest thing was time to go make some money. So I had my degree in math and. You know, I got into sales and I was actually with a, with a uniform company, Universe Uniforms, for three years and was a plant manager, assistant plant manager for them. And, and I got into the engineering position as well and was doing a lot of traveling. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't I kind of had enough of the corporate world. And that's when my mom kind of convinced me to teach and, and, and coach. And so, um, you know, thank God to her because it's it's been an amazing uh, 20 plus years and you know hopefully i can survive another five or six and and, and retire one day but um you know I, I think that uh you know with with my background some type of engineering position but i, I would have just been so dreadful I, I i can't stand you know just being in an office or being in the classroom yeah. I, I i am amazed at you know the, the teachers i work with that are just grinding in that room all day long six or seven periods um you know, because it's, it's definitely has to be something outside. If I could go back, you know, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, something to do with with my engineer, you know, not engineering, but math background, or um, you know, hopefully something that would allow me to get outdoors and, and kind of yeah. you know not be cooped up in an office all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I I often joke and say that the reason why coaches are coaches is because they don't they don't want to get uh, and obviously kind of tongue in cheek, but they don't want to have real jobs, right? So that's why we're coaches. We need to be out and about, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. So, Absolutely. All right. Watching a movie alone in a theater, yes or no? I've done it. I don't necessarily think I enjoy it. I used to travel a bunch for um, for work, like I said, before I got into teaching, and you, you're out, you know, in the middle of nowhere, different cities, and it's like, what am I going to do? Well, <laughs> you know, I'm going to go eat some dinner, maybe we'll go to a movie, I don't know. Um, not that I did it that often, but no, 100% with friends. I mean, the the memories of, um, you know, speaking of Rocky, one of my favorite memories is I'm going to embarrass myself a little bit, but who cares? Um, my dad took me and my sister to go see Rocky three. And when Mickey, the trainer died, I teared up. I started crying and my dad, you know, was like trying to console me and, and, uh, you know, being able to go to movies with friends and family and my wife, you know, obviously when we're dating and all those previous dates that you go on and have those experiences and now um enjoying the movies in the theater with my two sons it's uh it's definitely the way the the way that i would prefer it you know with friends and family yeah, yeah. right okay next one two left coach two left so then this one i know you mentioned you mentioned your wife was listening so she could probably chime in here at any point but scale of one to ten how good or how good or bad of a driver are you? If a one is you, you need to have your driver's license revoked immediately, and a ten, you're just you're the standard. You uh, you clearly you clearly do not drive a bus with flip flops. You're the standard, <laughs> the gold standard. I a lot of people think I'm. I don't know. I don't really mind what people think of me too much, but I've been, you know, accused of being arrogant sometimes, but. I'm a pretty modest guy, but I'm going to have to give myself an eight or nine there because um, <laughs> I, I could drive. Yeah, I mean, I've used to, I went to school in Sherman. So, I mean, I drove up that I-35 and 75 so many times and been driving since I was 16. I drove standard, drove automatic. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good behind the wheel of, of a bus. You know, of course, now I'm going to hit something. But, um, you know, I parallel parked the bus the other night and, all my kids thought I just like cured cancer or something, you know, like they couldn't believe it. But, um, I mean, I, I, I've taught my son, my older one, how to drive. And, uh, you know, my dad was a good teacher himself, but, um, can't give myself a 10 cause I've, I've had a few wrecks and a few, a few tickets, <laughs> but uh, I'm not bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. And, and the last one, last one's kind of, it's in the form of a question, obviously, but it's not directly counterattack related. So, um, gotta ask you about this one. I, and the one that I told you we were going to talk about, right. I mentioned it multiple times. You got to tell us about the legend of that was just kind of took, took the state of Texas by storm, Texas high school soccer scene by storm last year, the hashtag fancy graphic. Tell us, tell us, cause I'm a graphics guy. So you gotta, t I, I love that. I couldn't, I was looking forward to it every match. I wanted you guys to just keep winning so we could get those uh, to be honest with you, but tell us, tell us so, how that kind of came about. Yeah. So, um, when you started 
asking the question and you were like, I told you we we're going to talk about, like, what is he talking about? I don't even know what he's going to bring up. <laughs> and so then, of course, when you started, when you got into it, yeah. So the fans. I'll, I'll bring this up now from Dave Phelan because yeah. I see he's great minds think alike. He's yeah, right. Exactly. No, so, you know, I, um, I, I kind of get just frustrated sometimes with teams, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever, like just overdoing it sometimes with all this like fancy stuff about their players. And, and some of it is really cool, I admit, but other stuff is just like, it, it's not very good at all, you know, and it's just kind of cheesy and bad. And, and so, you know, they have, um, you know, people obviously that help with those things or, or themselves that run those accounts that are much more um, either have time, even though the stupid fancy graphics I was doing was taking a lot of time, but you know, they have time. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was. I like, was like, God, it's like this, does this, whoever's doing this, this takes a while. <laughs> yeah, so the, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it kind of just came about because, um, you know, people were like, you got to announce the game and, and, and you got to announce the uh, word it's that and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I've got a few other things that are on my plate right now that I'm trying to prepare for to get to us, you know, to this game and hopefully do well. And, and I don't have time for it. And so the very first one was just a screenshot of Comalander. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I got, you know, we talked about before the show about being Samsung guys. And so I took out my little, you know, stylus pen and I just wrote something on there. And there it was. I recognized it. I yeah, recognized there it was. And so then, of course, you know, people were like, that's horrible. And I was like, that's the point. Like it's supposed <laughs> to be horrible. And so then it kind of just, I had, I just kind of took off from there and, you know, I, um, I don't know it, it, it what it really did was um, it, it was kind of a escape, right? Because when you, when you get to those district games and when you get to being lucky enough to maybe make the playoffs and win a playoff game, you know, there's, there's so much, to do and there's so much stress and anxiety and and excitement and fear and you know with with those things <laughs> last year to to announce each game i just kind of like i'm gonna get some colors out and draw something you know and and then um you know it, it was fun I, I don't know i i guess i'll have to try and get motivated again to do it hopefully if we're we're in that you, situation you, again, but um, that was you realized point. you had you realized you had created a monster there, didn't yeah. you? After a couple, yeah. probably about two or three in, yeah, then you had so, an audience. You had a you had a demanding audience. Yeah, I mean, one I remember one was like a ransom note, right, with all kinds of different cutouts. Another, yeah. I, I remember one. I, I can't entirely remember. I know those. It involved a fireplace. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, so they were. I loved them. They were <laughs> they were great. And I actually talked about it with Jimmy when we were. Uh, in one of our conversations that I don't know how that came up, but it came up. I remember. Yeah. It was, it was hilarious. Yeah. It, so. it, it was fun. And, um, you know, it's kind of people that know me well. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I just kind of sometimes go against the, the flow of things. And, and, you know, I just was like, you know, I'm tired of all these people with their stupid fancy stuff that we don't have. And, you know, I don't have time or I don't have anybody doing this for me. So I'm just going to take it in a whole another direction. And, uh, yeah, it was it was fun. It kind of got my mind off things a little bit. But the the ransom note one, I didn't even think about that. I was like, what am I going to do next? I was like, I'll just cut out some number, you know, letters and stuff. Mm -hmm. and a, a good friend on the um, from the Tasco board was like, 
nice kidnapper's note. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even, like, I didn't even think of that. So yeah, <laughs> I think I think there was one that involved the the three amigos too, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? There was, that a was three, another yeah. Um, yeah. request. Yeah, you see, you see how, and yeah. the, that was DJ Hammonds. So G, DJ Hammonds was, uh, you know, the president of Tasco right before for Jimmy and I, and um, or right before me actually, I was his vice president, and uh, he had texted me. He dared me. He goes, "I dare you to get some type of three amigos like." reference in there i was like okay well here it goes <laughs> but um yes yeah, yeah awesome well that's it's a great story i had to ask about it just because I, I loved it so um coach this has been awesome this has been great really have enjoyed uh having you here a lot of great insight uh appreciate your candor as well um as is customary before we go we kind of like to open up the floor one last time to our guests and just share. We kind of call it final thoughts, but whether it's shout outs, thank yous, uh, just talk about something that's on your mind that you've noticed in regard to our sport. Um, anything that you want to share, the floor is yours. Well, thank you, Hector. We, um, I say we, it's just me. You know, it's, it's been great. It, it's been a lot of fun and I appreciate you asking me on. Um, you know, I, I, I've been a fan as well of, of your work and, and just trying to help us, um, you know, grow the sport and promote our kids and, and promote our, you know, um, our schools. And and there's a lot of people doing that now, and, and it's great to see. And, you know, to be a little bit a part of that has been great through my role in, in other, um, you know, respects. And, um, you know, we just need we need to, we need more of it. And so, you know, I'd, I'd like to. to you know, someone that I hadn't mentioned all night, and that is, you know, my assistant coach, Coach Snyder, Logan. He's he's a great guy who does a lot of work and is a part of our success, just like, you know, a lot of the assistants I've had, if not all of them in the past. And, you know, the work that those guys do, I think, deserve, um, you know, some some shout outs as well, because because they uh, they're the he's my he's my work wife for sure. And he he puts up with me and, and, and does a lot for our program. So, so I wanted to mention Logan as well, but, um, you know, I, I just looking forward to the season and I, I wish all the teams out there the best of luck. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to being a part of games and watching games and, and just, uh, feel super lucky to, to be here today and be a part of the, the, um, high school, you know, soccer environment and, and you know, especially at the school I'm at. So, so thank you. And one quick question too. So, yeah. The 50-50 pod, is that like, so So what's the, you know, the origination of the of the actual, I was thinking like 50-50 ball, like the 50-50 challenge. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that what it is pretty much? Yeah, I, I get asked this question every now and then, and for some reason it tends to be math guys, go figure, right, numbers. <laughs> but um, the, so yeah, I think when, when we were first looking at this, um, I was like, all right, so what are we going to call it, right? <clears throat> I uh, I don't know why. Just started looking at different names, and obviously you're trying to find something that'll stand out, something that'll pop, something that people can easily remember, something that's kind of short, also not too lengthy. So, um, so we started looking at all these different things and what's out there, and then. But I always envisioned, in terms of my thought process, in terms of the coverage for the podcast, was really was high school soccer, Texas high school soccer and Texas college soccer. Now, and you can say, you can make the argument, there's some coverage of club, but club is, you know, as you know, it's just, it's harder to get your arms around, right? Mm -hmm. um, just because the sheer volume of 
of teams, different levels within different clubs. So, um, so, so we do try to do the best that we can in terms of covering club, but it was really, it was a two part animal, right. Was, or a two headed monster in terms of what we were trying to cover, which is high school and college in the state of Texas. So kind of 50, 50 per se. Right. So, and one of the, one of the things that's universal in terms of our sport is known as is a 50 50 ball. Right. So that's just, and then the logo kind of, it, it popped, it, it went with the logo when we put that together and it just, and the podcast was born. That's how it, that's how it all kind of came to fruition. There you go. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been great to see the growth and um, yeah, you know, just want to thank you again. Yeah. Right. And I appreciate that coach. Thank you. I appreciate your, just your, your humility, even though you gave yourself an eight on in terms of the driving score. Right. But uh, no, I appreciate your humility and I appreciate uh, your accessibility and uh, wanting to, cause you're, you know, your, your program, your district, you know, it's a big part of in terms of the success of this, you know, the the sport across the state, across the region, across the city as well. So and we're trying to hit on all of that. So um, sincerely appreciate your time. Want to wish you the absolute best of luck to you, you and your squad and uh, your, your girls squad as well. Going forward, safe, safe holidays, happy holidays, Merry Christmas and uh, get ready to go. When's the uh, first match is when first official match that counts as when? So we um we're probably gonna get stomped by our alumni next Thursday. If, oh, if I saw right that. Yeah, if the right ones show up, so that'll be fun for us. And then the first official match will be a fun one um, because uh, you know this is the next one. I think you need to get on is is Heather Boss over at Smithson Valley because yeah. you know the things that she's doing um, as a female coach and you know coaching boys now for the last two years as a head coach. You know she was my assistant as well, but um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, first official match will be that Monday, January second against Smithson Valley and Coach Boss over there, and so that'll that'll be fun and just great to kind of get started. Yeah, yeah, and we've been talking. Her and I've been talking. We just we continue to keep missing each other or not being able to align things. But yeah, if you if you get a chance as well, you can kind of give her some friendly grief. That would probably help us out. I'd appreciate <laughs> I would appreciate Absolutely. that. But. Uh, but that's going to do it for us again. Uh, we'll be coming back. Actually, we're having another show tomorrow, which will get announced shortly. So it's going to be a fun one. It'll be our second annual, uh, the holiday edition with a couple of college coaches. So look for, we'll look forward to that. That'll get announced shortly. And then we'll be, we'll be back on Thursday as well for our uh, very first episode, I guess, of season three of Inside Texas High School Soccer with Coach Rafa Castorena and myself, where we'll, we'll be looking at turn, upcoming tournaments, the re grand reveal of his RPI, the Rafa Power Index, which is a very unique uh, perspective on, on rankings where he looks, I think it's pretty cool. He looks at, regardless of classification, 4A, 5A, 6A, and he just gives his power 15, right? So it's like a pound for pound ranking. So pretty, pretty cool, pretty different, pretty unique, and uh, has some fun with it as well. So, uh, but yeah, for our listeners, thank you again. You're the, I always share that you're the reason why we do it and being able to work with and interview great coaches such as Coach Villarreal is, is a big part of it as well and being able to showcase their school and their program. So uh, you're the reason why we do it. So thank you for all the love, all the support, all the listens, the downloads and the questions and uh, we sincerely appreciate it. And you know, uh, as always, you know the routine, you know what to do. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow 
by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.